WKNC 88.1. This is DJ Grizza. I am here with our local artist of the month. It is Lomelands, the duo comprised of Kim Register and Will Hackney, formerly of Midtown Dickens fame. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right, uh, we're going to jump right into this. You guys have an EP coming out on September 24th. It is called Some Kind of Light. We have been playing it uh, pretty frequently here on WKNC. We're really, really fond of it so far. I'm really enjoying it. Thanks. And they have their release show coming up on September 20th at the Pinhook. That is with His Golden Messenger and a special performance with Miles from Akron Family. So it's going to be a fantastic show coming up. Um, so to start things off, uh, Midtown Dickens came to a close earlier this year. Um, can you guys kind of outline some of the details behind that and what this transitional period was like going into Lomelands? I do want to start making up a story. Like, uh... Some really dramatic, violent so, story. Right, something like, <laughs> like you know, Dawn of the Dead, like zombie, guitar stealing zombies or yeah, something. We'll, we'll work on that. But that didn't happen. <laughs> Glad to hear. No zombies. Um, we've been basically uh, Midtown had been a band for eight years, and we'd gotten on this tour with Lost in the Trees, and there'd been a lot of like, you know, trying to figure out musically what we wanted to do as as a group of four really invested musicians. Um, and on this month long tour, I mean, this happens to a lot of bands, like. We were just together for a long time, and we came to a decision after, you know, some hard times on the road that it we just weren't seeing. We didn't want the same things out of playing music. And right. Will and I did a lot of talking on this tour, too, and just decided to keep doing it. I, I was like, Will, I really like playing music with you. Like, we write songs really well together. I really appreciate, like, your input and the producing factor of our relationship, and it just worked out, so we talked a lot and decided to keep playing, and it it worked out really, really well right away. Um, not to like, not to say. I mean, I miss Midtown too. I love that band a lot, but hopefully, we'll all play together again. And everyone's doing their own thing. Like Jonathan's really entrenched in Kyraba and kicking butt, and Catherine I think has a new band called Norman Norma, and I think they're playing a show actually at a space. Oh. Uh, Crap. I forgot what it's called. <laughs> um, oh, that sucks. It's a space in Durham. It's really cool. Um, but they're playing a show this Friday. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So how so how did you guys make this transitional leap, whether it be like with songwriting or the type of influences you guys have drawn from? Because it is definitely still a lot of folk-oriented music, but it kind of steers a lot more towards like the country blues side than the bluegrass that you guys had with Midtown Dickens. So was this like a conscious effort or is that part of like the schism that was kind of coming up within Midtown Dickens? I don't think there's necessarily any kind of direction schism. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a disease. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, basically we played the last Midtown Dickens show maybe November of last year and then we kind of took a holiday break, and then me and Kim just started rehearsing together early um, in 2013. And I think it was more so just not having any rules, you know? Like, we had a brand-new band, there was no expectations, and we could just sort of follow whatever 
path felt interesting. So I think, um, yeah, you know, like Kim said, Matenda had been a band for a long time, and there are certain expectations of what music that we made would sound like. Right. And we really had the freedom with Lomelands to just go wherever we wanted because there's no expectations. Um, so I think it just sort of happened naturally. I don't think we, we never sat down and were like, we're going to be a new band that sounds like this. This is just sort of like the songs we've been writing is what came out based on what we're into right now, I think. So it was a very natural process. I mean, in, in real life, too, I've been playing a lot of Credence um, with my Credence cover band. <laughs> so I've heard. To, so I've heard. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called Credence Queerwater. We have no web presence. <laughs> don't look us up. But I, I, in, in real life, like, I'd started playing more electric guitar and just having a lot of fun with it. It's just so fun. I still don't really, like, all these songs that, we're writing are mainly written on banjo first, and then they get translated um, because the electric guitar is kind of a scary place. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot. It's really sensitive, you know? But, um, yeah, that's that's one way we started going toward this. It was like, Will, I really want to play electric guitar. This is so much fun. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Cool. So has has the process between you two changed at all in terms of the songwriting? Like, how do you guys, if you're getting ready to sit down, and write a Lomeland song, What? where do you guys start? Is it kind of Will write some, you write some, and bring it together? Or are you the primary songwriter? Like, how does this all get going? Generally, Kim is the main voice. She'll bring a pretty much complete song to me, and then I'll just sort of offer suggestions on, um, you know, where I could see it going. But, yeah, for, I mean, every Lomeland song is a song that, Kim has written, so that's definitely more the format. But totally, like, I'll be like, uh, I, I got this song, I don't know, it doesn't have, like, a, a verse at all, or, like, ah, uh, I'll, I'll just have these, like, meta problems, and I'll be like, Will, what do I do? And, like, Will will just be like, oh, and then sit down and write a hook on something and be like, we'll put this here. It's been really um, incredibly easy, which has been really relieving, because... I had only been in Minton It's the only band I've really been in. And so Catherine and I would write, and Will would be a part of that process too, but it was mainly Catherine and I. And now it's like, it's just been really relieving how how easily it's flowed. <clears throat> With like the rhythm section too, like Brad and Kyle, who are on this record that we're releasing, just came in and like Brad has great ideas. And he was like, oh, let's just start the song this way. And it's just, it's like a really fluid experience so a very like democratic process for everyone involved yeah man like i i don't have a lot of attachment like i have attachment to like the idea behind the song and, the th and like what i'm trying to express emotionally or like thoughtfully and but i don't i'm not super attached to where the bridge goes and if these awesome experienced musicians want to put it somewhere else i probably should listen to them you know? <laughs> And how has the songwriting been? So were you writing songs before you were with Catherine writing Midtown Dickens songs, or was that your first foray into writing music? I When we when Catherine and I started playing music, I, I it was hilarious because I was like 16 and I, or 15 or something, and I like, I like had made tapes of myself at home, you know? I was like, like really funny tapes. And I like slipped one into her, 
uh, tape player on accident purpose. <laughs> like turned it up. She was like, what's this? And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's me. <laughs> it was amazing. And that's sort of how we like started writing. But yeah, I'd written songs before that. I just didn't know where to go with them. It was just right. like bedroom material, for lack of better words. So um, it wasn't like a, hard, a difficult transition to go from writing with Catherine and having that sort of input to just being, well, not the sole writer, because you have Will coming in and adding yeah. nuances here along with Brad and I'd imagine Kyle as well. But so it wasn't that difficult to. Yeah, no, it was, it. you know, I've been writing, I've written songs since I was like, I don't know, since I was super young. And so it was easy to keep writing them. Although it was like, and it is, this is definitely more of a format than I'm used to. Like, I feel like we can do anything we want, like you were saying, but will, but it, I feel like also like I have, we have bass, drums, guitar generally, and whatever other fourth you decide you're playing, usually guitar. <laughs> um or I'll be playing banjo or something, but it's definitely more formatted, right? It's like more of a band, like a, like an, we know exactly what we're playing. Whereas with Midtown, it was like, oh, I could put the clarinet on this part and then whatever. <laughs> so it's harder to, I mean, it's, 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 it's different to write for that. Right. For sure. All right. Well, we can go on into a song now while we're talking about you guys working as a band. We'll get you guys as a duo. <laughs> um, so what are you guys going to kick off with us? Um, this is an acoustic rendition of a song called Another Reason, which is the first song on the EP that we're putting out. Awesome. You guys are listening to it right here on The Local Beat. This is The Lonelands, our WKNC Artist of the Month for September.
walking, gotta keep on walking. No, it's hard to do you just start with your left foot. Alongside your mountain, winding down the ocean. Another wave coming down, another reason to hang around. So you guys were just listening to Lomelands. That is WKNC's Artist of the Month for September. They are putting out an EP, Some Kind of Light, on September 24th, with their release show happening on September 20th at the Pinhook with His Golden Messenger and Miles from Akron Family. And we're about to chat a little bit more about the process behind this EP that is coming out. And uh, starting off, how did you guys form the name Lomelands? Well, that's you. That's all you. <laughs> Is that me? I don't even well, remember. This, I don't well, even remember. <laughs> well, probably the worst thing about being in a band is trying to come up with a band name, from yeah. my experience. <laughs> um, but also, luckily, it doesn't really matter what your band name is. Anyways, we had a, we had probably we had a super long list, and we were trying to come up with the name, and I think we decided three different times that we had found the right name. And every time we decided, the next day, Kim would call me and be like, <laughs> Will, I didn't, I didn't sleep at all last night. I was thinking about it. We can't, we can't be that. We have to change it. Next one on the list, we have to, I really like this one. And then two days later, Will, I didn't sleep last night. We have to change it. So eventually, we finally, <laughs> we finally got one that, uh, would allow Kim to uh, sleep a full night, which is good. That seems like it's an essential yeah. thing for a band. Yeah, that's all. That's all you need. So, um, but yeah, there's definitely you know, Lomelands. It's, um, you know, it kind of has connotations of growth and um, sort of like possibility. And I feel like that is definitely something we wanted to convey with like our new project. This is, you know, our our chance to start all over and definitely. and. Uh, Grow something new. So, what are some of these band names? No, oh, way. no way, no way, uh, no way. Buried. <laughs> we will. I okay. will say that one of them. We decide. We're like, all right, this is it. And then um, I realized that there is a Canadian new metal band really? with the same name. Oh wow! So you guys um, didn't want to take it in a new metal direction. Good well, well, no, know. we totally thought about that. <laughs> that would be a really good idea. When we were still thinking about that name, we were going to be a new metal band, but uh, <laughs> we like, changed. You know what's not Mudhundigans? <laughs> new metal. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, they were. It was really, really, really hard, and literally, like I, because it's like it doesn't. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't. You know, right? 
Anyway, I, my one of my criteria was I was like less syllables. Midtown Dickens is a really long <laughs> name for me, so the two syllable thing really worked out. Although the one that we almost chose had four syllables too. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So, um, what what sparked the decision to expand from a duo? Was it the desire for electric guitars? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I think even from the very beginning when we started writing these songs and forming the band, we knew that, you know, the two of us would sort of be writing the songs and and would be the band, but we were always going to be a four-piece with a rhythm section. Um, so luckily we have a big group of really talented friends that can fill in for us from time to time. But, yeah, I think even from the, from the onset, we knew it was going to be a four-piece band with just us kind of um, leading, leading the pack. So how did things come about with Brad and Kyle? Oh, man, it was just so easy. We played with Kyle before um, when we went on that month-long tour with Lost in the Trees, and he was just really great and had a great feel and fit right in personality-wise and, like, was just fun to play with. So he was kind of like, I was like, that's kind of our first choice, but too bad he lives in, like, Wisconsin <laughs> and can't really travel that much. <laughs> so that was not very sustainable. Um, and then Brad has played with, we, I played with Brad forever too. And he's just like, the ideas that that guy comes up with are just like, he's a producer at heart. I think he just has a lot of really good melodic ideas. So yeah. And both of those guys, they knew each other, knew of each other, and then they fit right in together. But I will say that everyone that we're playing with, uh, uh, Terry Lonergan for the release and Brad and, and we've played with Jan who's in Bowerbirds and right. all sorts of other bands. And everyone that we've played with just has a different feel and has felt great. So we do have a pretty big pool. Like a right. Variety, which is kind of awesome. So how does that add to the live shows, you know, like with having such a fluctuating sort of cast change that goes on? Like is this like an exciting thing for you guys to kind of just change it up almost a so, little bit? Sometimes a little too exciting. <laughs> <laughs> One example is... We played Hopscotch um, just a little while ago, and we had our friend Pete filling in on drums, and Brad was, like, flying in from Chicago, like, 20 minutes before our show. That's so rock star. And so Brad. <laughs> Brad. Brad had not even ever met Pete. We never rehearsed together, but we rehearsed separately. And then, you know, we stepped on stage together, and... It was perfect, actually. Like, it was so great to not know exactly what was going to happen. Right. And, uh, you know, we were all just really kind of vibing together. It it's was... really good to be generally excited or or surprised by what you're doing. Definitely. <laughs> generally. You're like, oh, wow, that happens. Especially when it's such a new and fresh project that mm -hmm. there's you can expect the unexpected but still kind of know that it's going to work out almost because it seems like you guys are have sort of instant chemistry with these people that are going on. They've got, like you said, like similar vibes, so you can vibe on stage. Yeah. yeah. It works out nicely. Yeah, we definitely, we only play with people that we um, trust enough to, um, yeah, jump up there and kind of uh, improvise a little bit. <laughs> right. So aside from improv improvisation, um, what what was the process like with getting this EP together? Did you guys have it set that you wanted to put out an EP first, or was there any possibility yeah, of an LP? Like, I really do think that this band is just kind of like a 
it's like we're very thought out, of course, in what we do, but it's definitely like an exciting project because it's very like seat of the pants. Like we're like, well, I guess we want to release something by the fall. Oh, we don't have any money. <laughs> Let's figure out how we're gonna do this. Yeah, this was an, an EP was about how much studio time we can right. We can like, okay, we have three days. <laughs> like, what are we gonna do? Crank um, out what we can. Yeah, and that's totally what happened. Like, we got together, we drove, and and the thing is, is like this project is completely this band is completely fueled by excitement. I think in a lot of ways, like I'm excited to like. To like sing in a way that I haven't sang before. I'm excited to work with Will. Um, and all these guys that come and work with us are just stoked for the project. And so like uh, before we were recording and then before we went out to Kernersville, like Brad was like, yo dudes, let's go a day early. Or let's go like the night before. So we went the night before and like hung out in Kernersville. Awesome. And then started making the record the next morning. <laughs> Hanging out in Kernersville. It was amazing. <laughs> Sounds cool. It's a hopping scene. It seems like it. <laughs> the name Kernersville really. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we we definitely want to work on a full length as soon as possible. We, right. we have the songs, but this was sort of like, you know, yeah, something we could get out this year. We definitely wanted to sort of hit the ground running and... um you know, just have something to share with people because we've been playing all these shows and then it's kind of like, all right. See people are like, all right, well, where's your CD? I'm like, yeah. oh, well, we didn't make one yet. It feels like a one-night stand. You're just like, all right, <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're trying to make good on our live shows here. Cozy up to your fans. Yeah. Right, yeah. We're trying to snuggle a little bit, really. <laughs> so did you guys have more than this ready when you were going in and this is just what you were able to work on? Yeah. Yeah, these are, we sort of picked the songs that hung together. Gotcha. Um, the best and kind of some of the ones we were most excited about. And um, yeah, so, you know, when you see us live, we can play more than five songs. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the shortest currently. show you've ever been to. <laughs> um, but yeah, we kind of, we just wanted to do a few songs really well and not try to knock out, you know, a full record in the three days that we had in the studio. Definitely. So. <laughs> Seems like a solid choice. Yeah. And you guys have worked with, uh, the producer, was that the same one that you guys worked with for the last yeah, week, Tom Dickens? Scott right? Salter, yeah. Yeah, which is a pretty big deal. He is awesome. He's actually my neighbor. He actually lives right behind <laughs> my house. That's awesome. Yeah, which is also awesome. Yeah, we used to have to drive down to south of Charlotte to record with him, and then luckily um, he moved up to Durham, so <laughs> it's a lot easier. It seems like that's happening a lot lately. Lots, oh, of, yeah. lots of big people are kind of jumping on the Durham train. Oh, yeah. Lots They're, of people in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was great to work with Scott. Again, he like he knows us as individuals, as people. Um, he didn't really know. We sent him some of our tracks, and I could tell he was like, whoa, rock band. You know, it was like, very different from what we were doing. But he was really excited about it and instantly vibed with Brad and Kyle and just like did his thing where like he changes out drums for every song, you know, before he records it. And, like did his Scott thing. He, yeah, he knows us really well. That's awesome. So what's what sort of input does he have with all of this? Or does he just kind of let you guys do your thing? He sang most of the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind he of like our it. he's like our spirit guide. Like we we went in with a very clear idea of what we wanted, but he has a special way of sort of like getting really good takes out of us and making things sound um just more interesting, you know. He he gives he just gives a kind of a spirit to everything, so that's why we like to work with him. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, and and I think we just super trust him. Like we've, he's like, you know, been with us for a long time, and he's like taken me personally to different levels than I've been to before, and without making me feel like bad or what. He's just like, right. you can do this, and you can do it this way because you want to do it this way. He has a way of like seeing into your soul too. In certain <laughs> ways, it's like, oh, he'll be like, give me this compliment. You're like, you sound like, blah blah blah. And it's somebody I just want to sound like so badly. I'm like, how did you know? Did you read my iPod? Like, what is your deal? Speaking of that, what are some of these comparisons that you guys have been getting? Because it is, it's similar, but it is vastly kind of different from what Midtown Dickens was doing. So are there any that you guys have been like super elated about or excited about? What do you think? Like, what do you, what do you <laughs> think it sounds like? <laughs> There's definitely a lot of like sort of roots rock coming out of it. Sort of like classic rock inspired. Yeah. Um, I know the Shikori set. I think you guys may have pulled out some a classic rock cover or so <laughs> for the for the big daytime set. We're gonna do that again. Yeah. What what song do we play in Shikori? Oh, we played Roseanne Cash. Right. That was more like yeah, that's more. Yeah, but, I think there's definitely like the classic rock. I think we both, at least, this may be true for you, Kim, but definitely for me, like classic rock was always something that I thought was not very cool growing up you know listening to totally. to punk rock or or whatever i was listening to and i think it's just one of those things with age you kind of like grow into it a little bit and like now i get like i get fleetwood mac i get totally some of that stuff that when i was younger i was like no way. <laughs> like I would, talk, I would talk so much trash to my dad about Bruce Springsteen, and then Oof. I hit like 20. Totally. And I was just like, what was I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> Bruce and, saved me. And totally. yeah, and like making records, uh, like having some time in the studio definitely gives me appreciation for like people like Todd Rundgren. Like some of these records that are made in the 70s are just immaculate. And that's a really fun like side of it, I think, for us is like, tricks you can use in the studio to just get a great sounding record and so yeah I, I think I think that influence definitely shines through a little bit totally yeah I mean I completely I I agree with you I'm, I, <laughs> that's exactly what's up like I just started getting into like the past when I started dating my girlfriend basically I want to give her some props because she brought in this record collection that was insane like every Tom Petty record like every Fleetwood Mac record, like Stevie Nicks records, like all this stuff that I was just like, I always loved Tom Petty, but who I just, doesn't? I mean, at right. this point. But I was like Wildflowers era, like I didn't really go before that that right. much. And then when I started re like getting past the hair on the front of the album, like <laughs> the imagery that they produced, like and just listen to the records, it was, they were just really amazing. Like the even the like simple solos that he was doing, or you know. Especially Stevie Nicks, too. I started getting into that a lot. It's an easy transition with Tom. Oh, my Petty. God. Yeah. yeah. They're, like, the same. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> All right. So finish up with this portion, and we are going to go into another Loneland song. What are you guys going to give us this time? I think probably Scottsboro will be the next one. This is the second track on the EP. It's going to just do the whole thing. I'll just play the whole thing. Really. Surprise. All right, so this is Lomelands. Like we mentioned, this is WKNC's Artist of the Month for September, and they are playing Scottsboro from their new EP, Some Kind of Light, which comes out September 24th. One, 
counting Contingies fall away Tell her there's no road there She goes there every day She can't set them free Cause that would be You guys were just listening to Lomelands. That was their track, Scottsboro, off of their upcoming EP, Some Kind of Light, which comes out on September 24th. As we've been saying throughout the hour, they have their release show coming up on September 20th with His Golden Messenger and Miles from Akron Family, and that is at the Pinhook. And you are you are quite the mainstay at the Pinhook, from what I know. What do you mean? <laughs> I believe it means um you work you work there. Oh yeah, that's something what it along means. Yeah. those lines. So um, you it was guys, easy to get that show. Yeah, I'll just put it out there. I'd imagine you guys are pretty entrenched in the local scene though. With your work at the Pinhook, you work with Trekkie Will. Um, what do you feel Lomelands is bringing to this local scene? I thought about that a lot. <laughs> just trying to figure out where like. Where, like, what we're doing, you know, where you fit in kind of thing. Um, and I, I really like when you're talking about the Southern rock vibe. Like, that is something that I feel like I hold. I, I'm from Durham. Will's from Chapel Hill. I feel like that's something that, like, <clears throat> I definitely grew up on and rejected when I was growing up. Right. You know, in the same way. And now it's just kind of like all that stuff is just coming back. I mean, also getting into Bonnie Raitt and, like, all these other, like, female-fronted country bands from back in the day. Like, that's also been really inspiring and has been happening a lot recently and I feel like is influencing us a lot. So hopefully just an appreciation for, like, for country music and, like, Southern rock. Hopefully that's going to happen. Definitely. And I've, even back in Midtowns, you know, like, I heard a lot of the influence of just, like, the Southern surroundings. Yeah. Like, I think one of my favorite uh, examples of it was on Slip and Slide. Like, just the entire track just feels like, you know, if you grew up in the South, you know exactly how it is. Yeah. And a lot of the tracks that you have with Lomelands still feel, like, deeply entrenched in these, like, Southern roots. And it's just, it's cool to see that. Do you guys feel it coming out? Or is this just, like, it? you put it on paper and you're like, oh, well... This totally wouldn't have happened, I feel like, almost if it weren't in the South. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it can work both ways. I mean, it's definitely possible to play Southern music, Southern rock, if you're not from the South. I right. mean, Neil Young is probably one of my biggest inspirations, and he's Canadian, so, definitely. you know, <laughs> you can't get less Southern than that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it's a combination of, for us, like, growing up here... You know, that's kind of the music that was around us in our formative years, whether we were paying attention to it or not. And I think that kind of like Kim was saying with rejecting it, like, well, I, I actually I learned bluegrass guitar when I first started playing. But in general, that wasn't always what I was listening to. I was listening to Radiohead and Smashing Pumpkins and all sorts of stuff. But I think, you know, it's kind of hard to escape it because, yeah, when I was growing up, you know, I would 
see bluegrass bands. That that's just the music that's around here. Um, so I think that's an, an influence, and then, but then also kind of like you can play any kind of music you want nowadays, and I think that's sort of just reflective of maybe what me and Kim are listening to right now, what we're really into, and like, like Kim said, she's listening to a lot of Bonnie Raitt stuff like that. You know, I'm I listen to a, a ton of different you know Southern music styles from blues to yeah like old cheesy country to um you know anything there's there's all sorts of music out there so yeah i think it's i think it's a combination of both definitely so what what are some of these embarrassing musical choices that you guys had that you chose while rejecting the southern <laughs> oh my god really good question um, i'm going there i well, feel like i hear kim talk about green day a lot oh my god i was just gonna say green day <laughs> nice Dookie, one definitely. Of, you one can't of reject the sickest. That's how I got my first guitar. Well, that's my second guitar. That's how I got my first electric guitar. I was like, I'm gonna yeah. play all of these Green Day songs in my bedroom alone. And two weeks <laughs> and later, to myself. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks later, I like sold it for an acoustic guitar because I was like, this is <laughs> like this. I mean, there is that. I feel like I found. I used to listen to a lot of like Janis Joplin and a lot of like stuff like that. I mean, I had embarrassing influences. I'm trying to think. Oh, like Boys to Men and Mariah Carey, I guess. I like, like Boys to Men. I wouldn't lump that in the embarrassing. That's not pattern, embarrassing. Right? Not to well, me. Well, that's just kind Boys of pop music, also. Men. Like that. Yeah, just is what it is. They have a Roman numeral in their name. Well, I don't know, but I also like you know the Breeders were super. They were just a band I listened to forever. That's like the reason that Hopscotch was magical this year to me. I just you know I was in the front row. Tried to get a picture with Josephine, the bassist. She said no <laughs> in her really awesome British accent, which is more than I had when I went in there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I listened to a lot of that stuff. I listened to the Pixies. I listened to a lot of alternative rock, which is really interesting because that is a band that I want to be in really badly. But I just always end up coming back to the banjo. I love how it sounds. I love how easy it is for me to play on it. So. And how long have you been playing banjo at this point? Um... Oh, for like maybe eight years, pretty much since Midtown started. Gotcha. But I just started, I just really, really got into it in the past like four or five years. Yeah. And going back to the whole breeders thing, uh, that was at Hopscotch, I wasn't, I admittedly am kind of past the breeders stage <laughs> in terms of when I was born. Oh my God. So, <laughs> but it was cool because you get to feel that energy. And it was super clear how important that show was to so many people. Totally. And it's just, it's insane that music can bring that to people. It's like, even despite the fact that the only thing I had heard was Cannonball. Like, right. you know, totally. like it's something that you can get really, really involved with. And it's, it's just something that's really exciting to see at work. And Hopscotch is a fantastic example of that. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, how to, like, how there, did you see that show? I did. Their stage presence, I mean, obviously they took like 20 years off, right? Right. Probably super helps. But They've been playing, though. Right. As the breeders, they have been playing some. That's totally true. But they just rocked it, man. They like, they loved it. They at least seemed like they loved it. Their energy was great. Their whole vibe was great. They were having fun. And I think that's the key. That's like. Definitely. And like an influence isn't just a musical influence. It's also like a. You know, perspective influence and the live performance influence and all that stuff. So if they influence us, I hope it's in their performance because I want to have that much fun on stage all the time. 
And speaking of having fun on stage, um, I was out at Shakori in the spring, and there was a massive tornado warning, <laughs> and it was insane. And I wanted you guys played twice. I got to see you the we second did, yeah. time because the first time it was pouring rain. And how have you guys been in a situation like that before? Like, what was oh it like God. being well, on stage actually, while the heavens <laughs> open up well, on you? Basically, that was the most extreme. But we actually had a weird phenomenon with this band this year where we had like three or four outdoor shows for Lomelands that either got partially rained out or fully rained out. It was like our curse for a little while. Um, but that was certainly the most extreme because we were trying to play through it and we always will try to play through it if it's an option, but the rain was coming in on our pedal boards. And I remember, I remember trying to pull Kim's microphone back so that she could keep singing and keep playing, <laughs> yeah. pulling it back out of the rain. But I think we just sort of hit a point of no return. And I'm glad we didn't try Man. further because yeah. all of our equipment was soaked. And then that was a crazy night because that show got rained out after two songs. And then I went to Raleigh to play a show at King's to play drums for um, Cassis Orange. Pulled. And then we, because the show got rained out, we booked a last-minute show at Nightlight that same night. So I drove back to Chapel Hill. We played at Nightlight with our soaked gear. And then the next morning, at 10, and next morning at 10.30, we played Shakori again. So that was a wonderful <laughs> 30 hours there. Shakori Scotch. <laughs> played a bunch right. of shows. Um, but yeah, the tornado show is <laughs> definitely the most extreme. Yeah, I remember being posted up in, at my campsite and still hearing music. And I was just like, who on earth is still playing music in this? And then it turns out to be you guys, which is funny because at my first Shakori I went to, I saw Midtown Dickens in the pouring rain, and I got so sick afterwards because I didn't Ooh, bring anything sorry. to get planned. No, it was awesome. It was one of my favorite Shakori sets. But it's like, what kind of energy do you guys see in the crowd and honestly, is it like do you see people just gradually becoming less and less like when it's raining no it? dude no it's all people about are people becoming more and more like That's they great. are getting into it and then they're just like those five people are just yeah i mean the people stoked for that one tornado show i mean there was 20 or 30 people out there that were just like you know what i'm just gonna get wet and i'm gonna yeah. watch this band yeah. and that is electrifying like we, we really Feed off of Hopefully that. not literally at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I remember like my guitar went out and like you will. I think it was you. I can't remember. But there you were just like use the other guitar, and I was like okay. Picked up the other guitar and was just afterwards thought, why did I not just <laughs> stop? You guys were just like keep going. Yeah, we had a weird death wish with that one. <laughs> we had we had to keep playing until we got electrocuted. Well, hopefully you guys don't have any electrifying experiences <laughs> like that in the future. Um, so you guys have this show coming up at the Pinhook with His Golden Messenger and Miles from Akron Family, which is going to be fantastic. Did not know about that until today. <laughs> so I am incredibly excited about that. Um, so are we. we are getting ready to close things out with Lomelands. This is WKNC's Artist of the Month for September. And what are you guys going to close out with? Well, do you I feel like I can say anything right now? Good, good. <laughs> um, we'll probably do "Girl I Haven't Met." It's um the one on this record that just Will and I are playing. Awesome. Well, like I said, closing out this Artist of the Month feature with Lonelands. 
Got their AP coming out on September 24th called Some Kind of Light and their show at the Pinhook on the 20th. So this is Lomelands closing out our Artist of the Month feature. It's time.